And one of the amazing things about being the church, the body of Christ, is that we are called to be a part of that. In fact, I'll take it a little bit farther and I'll say, if we are not engaging with God in this, how else is it going to be done? So I want to talk a little bit this morning about church and particularly ourselves. What is our purpose for existing here in Watertown? As many of you know, we're a, we're a newer church or a replant out of, a, of an older church that had had just kind of come to an end. And we know from Scripture that, uh, you know, just because a seed is dead, just because a seed falls, does not mean there's not life. That when the seed falls and it's planted in the ground of God's purposes, that something new begins to spring up and begins to, to come up. And, and if you're here this morning, you are a part of that seed coming up through the ground and something new taking place. Not just here, but I believe something that's going to go and is to be beyond these four walls. So what is the reason for our existence as, as believers, as the body of Christ? Why are we to come together? What is our vision? What are we striving for? What is the mission or calling that we are being called by God to pursue? In our lives, if we don't have a, a goal or a purpose, something that we're pursuing and working towards, we're not going to get anywhere in our lives. In the same way in the body of Christ, if we are not moving towards a goal, a purpose that God has given us, we're not going to accomplish anything worth accomplishing. So a couple questions we ask, can ask ourselves first, what, what is church? What is church? We, we have a few different ideas and perspectives of what it is. Is, is church important? Is church a, is it a building? Is church just a, a, a name that we, we call a group of people that get together and call themselves Christians? Is it to be a social gathering? Is it to, to be a, a, just a focus of worship? What is church? So I felt led to look at Acts chapter 2. Look at the beginning of the church forming and coming into existence. We get some insight as to what the purpose of the church is all about and what the church is. So in Acts chapter 2, we, we find uh, Pente- the day of Pentecost. And the disciples, they were together, they were being obedient to God, uh, to Christ. Jesus had told them in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he said, And now I will send you the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills with power from heaven. Of course, he gave them the great commission that their purpose was to, to go out and to tell what he had done, to tell what God had purposed for his creation, for humanity. But before they were to do that, they were to first wait until they were empowered by God to do it. So we see a, a first a, a mission, a, a vision, a goal that they have, and that goal is to see Christ lived out, demonstrated and preached throughout the entire world. But they were to wait until they received power from the Holy Spirit to do this. And as we see, it was when they were in one accord, they were in perfect unity in this purpose. They were perfectly unified in Christ and in the vision He had given them, and they were waiting together for Him that the Holy Spirit fell, and 
and the day of Pentecost and began to speak in unknown languages. And, of course, it was um, a feast that was taking place. So there were Jews from all over the world who spoke many different languages that came, and they heard this, and they what is going on? We under- these people don't speak our language, yet they're speaking it, and we understand them. And Peter gets up, and they were like, well, these guys are drunk, you know. And some of the, we don't even understand some of the things they're saying, and these guys must be drunk. And Peter gets up, and he's like, no, it's, it's, it's too early in the morning to be drunk. Some people in Wisconsin be like, there's too early? So we see Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47. Those who accepted, so P- Peter gets up. He, he says, you know, we're not drunk. This is God working. So Peter gets up, and Peter says, you know, we're not drunk. This is God doing something here. And Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, begins to preach and begins to tell them what Christ had done and begins to tell them how, in the old scriptures that they knew, how Christ was fulfilling that. And so he preaches, and it says here in verse 41, starting out there, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. One day, one sermon. I don't care how persuasive of a speaker you are, to see 3,000 people make such a drastic change in focus in their lives. It was the power of God. And as we see before, Peter was not the most eloquent of speakers. Peter was a little rough around the edges. He wasn't the most educated. And out of the simple obedience to what Christ was calling them to do, as simple obedience of, of saying, okay, God, we, we see what you're calling us to do. We're going to wait on you. We're going to let you lead this. We're going to let you empower us. And they didn't even fully understand what this was going to look like yet when it unfolded. But they were in unity, and they were trusting God, and they were walking in obedience. And in one day, we see the formation of the church. We see the formation of the church, the body of Christ. All these people from different parts of the Roman Empire now coming together in perfect unity in Christ. You had people coming from different regions of the Roman Empire that didn't like other parts of the Roman Empire. And so in a similar way here, you see all these people with different languages, different cultures, and they're coming together in complete unity. And we begin to see, uh, rather than these fractured groups, we begin to see this, this coming together of a new community that is formed. There's still diversities. People are still unique. They still have their different cultures and and we see here in Acts, we see kind of a, a pie-in-the-sky view at first taking place. And then later on, as we get into the letters, we see that reality sets in and the apostles have to address issues that arise from having so many people come together. It's not going to be perfect. But something new was started. A new community was formed. So a church is a, a gathering. First, capital C, the church is those who have called who have answered the call of Christ, who have accepted him, who are following him, who believe his word. And we all might have a little bit different understanding sometimes of what God is asking of us, but we are part of the body of Christ. We are all part of his church, one church. And second, out of that, we are a community. We, we are a community that, at its core, is centered around Christ. The only culture that every 
church should have across this world and that we are unified in is Christ. If our culture, if our values, if our beliefs aren't centered on Christ and his word, then we're just an imitation of the church. So it's the body of believers coming together. It's a community. Church is a community. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe that many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Sometimes I imagine, I mean, how incredible would it have been to be there at the very beginning of the church, to be standing out there and all of a sudden you hear this noise and, you know, maybe other people heard that rushing wind and like, what in the world's going on? And the next thing they know, there's this eruption of voices coming from a rooftop and they could feel the surge of, you know, the Holy Spirit just flowing into the streets and they're drawn and they stop and they look and they're like, what is going on? Are these people drunk? And then there's some chaos and now this chaos, Peter stands up and just begins to speak and this hush falls. And as Peter's speaking, the Holy Spirit works and their hearts are gripped and they take hold of Christ. And this emerges. And then what we see happening next gives us a clue as to how we, as the body, how we as a church are to function and to, to operate. One of the aspects of a church, of, of this community that we have, of being believers, is that we uh, we see that they devoted themselves to, it says, the teaching of the apostles. So they were devoting themselves to learning. They were learning what Christ had taught his disciples, the apostles. They were teaching what Christ had taught them. And so they were devoting themselves as a community, as individuals, but also as a community to learn continually, to study continually what Christ had given them. They were studying the, the Old Testament and they were saying, oh my goodness, this is what this meant, that Christ was this. And it just began to unfold and they began to get excited. And so they devoted themselves to, uh, I'm sure many of them that were educated and perhaps the rabbis in the group, they had read Isaiah, they had uh, read the, the law and they had read about Moses and all of a sudden everything that they thought they knew was really beginning to come to life. And they were beginning to, for the first time, actually understand what God had given them. So one, to church bodies, to devote ourselves to learning. We're to learn what Christ has taught us. The second thing we see is that they were spending time together. Sometimes we, we over-spiritualize church and we over-spiritualize the body of Christ. And we forget the value and, the, and it is a very spiritual thing to Take time to get to know one another. How can we care for one another? How can we serve one another if we don't know each other? How can we effectively communicate and speak into each other's lives if we don't know which buttons not to push? Or, you know, if we do this, it's going to step on each other's toes. We have to learn 
each other. We have to spend time, get to know each other, build trust. So they were gathering together. So part of the church body, part of its purpose is to come together as the body of Christ to get to know one another. The next thing we see is prayer. They were seeking God's will for one another and they were interceding for the lost and those in need. So everyone was filled with awe that many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Part of the purpose of the body is we are to, to care for one another. If someone's in need, and we've talked about this before, and, and James talks about uh, faith without works is dead, if we see a brother and sister who's in need, and it's not only, a lot of times we just think in monetary terms, maybe we see someone who's struggling emotionally and they need encouragement. And maybe it's a, it's a cost to spend time with that person because they're very draining. That's just a reality. Some of us have personalities and we can be, we can be draining. But to take time to reach out and to, to sit with them, to, to invest into them. And so we've got to get to know one another. How can we best meet each other's needs? How can we encourage one another? We're to celebrate with one another. If, if, if someone just had a, got a new job or just had the birth of a new baby, part of the body of Christ is we're to celebrate together. We're to, to uh, live life together, so to speak. Maybe someone's going through a rough time. Maybe someone's lost a child or a, a spouse or a loved one. The world wonders how we're able to, to get through these difficult times. And we have the Holy Spirit, yes, comforting us. But the reality that we forget is oftentimes the Holy Spirit is working and is reaching us and, and enacting miracles in our lives through the body of Christ. Investing in us and working in us. And likewise, us investing in others and in the body of Christ. So they were devoting themselves to prayer. They were seeking God's will. They, were, they, they knew that uh, they had to be, just as the day of Pentecost happened, they were in one accord. They were in unity seeking God. And now they had this huge task of, of taking the gospel to the world. And they realized that our family, our, our friends, this society is not going to be too happy with what has just taken place here. Because we're forsaking Everything we're, we're, we're no longer saying Caesar is God. We're no longer saying that we can, we can earn our way to God. We're realizing that it's only through Christ and everything that we've been taught and the world around us is not going to like this. And they realized it was only through unity, it was only through God's leading that they were going to be able to do what they were being called to do, be able to fulfill what God was putting on their hearts and to intercede for the lost, to intercede for the things that they're incapable of, of reaching out. Sometimes there are needs that go beyond our capacity to help with. There are problems and issues in this world that are beyond our capacity to, to bring immediate peace and, and balance to. And that's where we come together in prayer and intercede. There was unity, there was shared purpose. So we see that Part of the body, part of being a church is we are generous, we are compassionate, we are selfless. And all of this, they said that they worshiped God daily. They were coming together daily and worshiping Him. And, you know, we're not always able to gather together like we do on, on Sunday morning. But daily, 
we should all be worshiping God. And as we're all worshiping God throughout the day, our, our hearts tuned towards him, that unifies us. Even when we're apart, it unifies us in Christ. And it helps us realize that we are not our own. We are not a social gathering. We're not uh, just part of a, a, another group in society. But that we are the body of Christ. That we are children of God, that we are his and not our own. You see that they shared their lives. Part of church is that we share our lives together. They thanked God for his blessings and, and they thanked God for one another. There was thankfulness for one another. They saw the value of each other. And how oftentimes, you know, oftentimes we thank God for our jobs and we, we thank God for um, you know, our cars and, and that the electric bill got paid even though the winter time it's, it's creeping up there. Do we take time to thank God for his church? Do we take time to thank God for uh, that person that shook our hand uh, each Sunday morning that maybe just put a little smile, put a little spring in our step? Do we take time to thank God for those that we know are praying for us, that are holding on and are uh, believing in us even when we don't believe in ourselves? It was through each other, it was through them coming together that the Holy Spirit was working and meeting the needs of their community. The body of Christ is without want when the body of Christ is together in love and service to one another. Communities are without want when they have unified churches within them working together to meet their needs. It is only when the body of Christ is loving and serving together that we are fully equipped and capable of doing what Christ has commanded us to do, and that is to go and make disciples. We're called to make disciples. If you have chosen to follow Christ, if you have chosen to surrender your life to him and allow that amazing life and transformation to take place, We've not only accepted that life and that transformation, but we've accepted a calling to pay it forward, to, to see that life birthed into the world around us. It is only when the body of Christ is serving together that we are fully equipped and capable of doing what Christ has commanded us to do. And we see that, that commission that was given to the early church, the purpose of the church that we see in, in Acts chapter 2 that we see taking place has not changed. It still applies. It applies to the church, capital C, in this world today. It applies to the other churches in this community. It applies to us here at River City Church. We are called to follow Christ together. We are called to serve one another in our communities together. We are called to, to reach out to those who are hurting and alone together it is only together as a church a local functioning part of the, the body of Christ empowered and unified by the Holy Spirit that we will be able to pursue the, the individual uh, vision that God has given us for reaching this community I cannot reach I cannot change I cannot transform Watertown on my own I know growing up, I grew up in church most of my life, and we, 
it's easy we get this idea that the, the, the pastors and the, and the preachers and the people with the, the titles, that they're the ones that are supposed to do God's work. And, and, and then we, we can just kind of, you know, come and do our thing and everything's going to be great. And God's just going to miraculously work in the community and people are just going to wake up some morning and say, hey, I want to go to church and, and it's all going to be great. And as we see in Scripture, that's not God's plan. And, and, and you yourselves, you, you cannot change and transform your families and your, your workplaces and your lives on your own power either. Each and every one of us are an intricate, um, crucial part of the body of Christ. We can't reach, we can't transform, we can't do what Christ has called us to do on our own. But together as the body of Christ, we have been given the authority and the power of Christ to see and to enact miracles in our communities. It's when the disciples were in unity that the Holy Spirit fell and the church was born and the world was forever changed at that moment. And it is when we come together in unity and we we're listening to God and God begins to move that we begin to see our lives and our families and our communities changed forever. I love what uh, David Platt says in his book, Radical, that Christ has a plan for, for reaching the lost. Christ has a plan for uh, meeting the needs of this world and reaching the orphans and the widows and, and preaching the gospel. And the church is plan A. And he says, there is no plan B. We forget sometimes what an active role we have been called to, that Christ has called us to. We are to be a part of his kingdom being established and spread. It's not enough to say, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But part of it is saying, God, what is your will for me to do? that your authority and your kingdom might be established in my life and the world around me. If individual believers, if we all decide to, to go out and, and do our own thing, we're isolated, we're cut off. Not only are we a severed limb then, some of us are, you know, I love the analogy that God gives us the body of Christ. We all have different parts to play and you've got the hands and you've got the feet and You've got the mouth, and some of us have bigger mouths than others, and, and that's, that's okay. We need it. And you've got the, the unseen parts, the less dignified things. You've got, uh, you know, we had someone here yesterday who was cleaning, scrubbing toilets. It's not real dignified, but who wants to go to a church that's got dirty toilets? It's, it's, it's a very important thing. It's, it's an incredible service to the body of Christ. Who wants to go sit with somebody and, and, and cry with them when, when somebody has died or their life is going through great turmoil. It's not real glamorous. It's, it's not always dignified. We don't always see it, but it's, it's taking place. But it's only when the parts, we all come together. We cannot function alone. We cannot function separately. And our culture tells us otherwise. We're, we're in a culture that says, I can do it all on my own. We from the time we grow up, we, we tell our children, look at you, you did it all on your own, and we're constantly pushing them to do things on your own. And for some things, that's good. I'm, I'm excited my children can, can take care of their hygiene needs on their own, or at least one of them can now. Um, that's, there's certain things it's good for people to be able to do on their own. We take it for granted. 
But until we come together fully, we cannot function as we have called to. If the hand's not connected to the body, the, can't, the hand can't work as the hand should. Our vision is to see, I just want to share a little bit just about our, our vision here. We're starting to, to grow a little bit as a church, and, and we're in the process of working towards actually, uh, most people I think here know we're part of the Assemblies of God, and, and we have a, uh, a district leadership, and we're kind of under their care, so to speak, and they're, they're encouraging us as we grow to eventually put on our, our big boy pants and, and be a self-sustained church and body. And we're moving towards that and getting close. I just felt important this morning just to share my heart and my vision for this body and for this community. And what I feel God is wanting to do and God is already beginning to do, our vision is to see this city and its surrounding towns transformed by the love and the power of Christ. I believe that entire towns, entire cities, and I've seen it, can be transformed. When the body of Christ comes together in unity, when we begin to do the things that God's calling us to, when we begin to get outside the four walls that we, we it's great and God blessed, we thank God that we have them. But people, we are the body of Christ. And our passion and reason for existing is to see the Holy Spirit breathe renewed hope and new beginnings in the lives of those we encounter and that we love and we serve. Kind of the tagline or whatever you call it as we were thinking, okay, what do we name the church and what is, how do we want people to see and view what our purpose is? And part of it is we're to be a place of, of renewed hope and new beginnings. We're in a world that does not have hope. We're all born with hope as children and very quickly life and destroys that hope. And in Christ, we find new hope. We find the hope. And see hope renewed not only in individual lives and families, but in this community. Just people began to say, you know, no longer, hey, you know, nothing good comes out of Watertown, but say, hey, have you seen what's happening in Watertown? Have you seen how alcoholics are being set free? Have you seen how divorced families are finding restoration and hope? Have you seen how people who are struggling with depression are beginning to just be bundles of joy? Have you begun to see the miracles? Have you begun to see the light that is shining out of this community? Have you began to, to see how this crazy group of believers who are so diverse and have began to spread out and begin to see what God's doing in Lake Mills? Have you seen what God's doing in Oconomowoc? And my personal vision is I, I feel that we as a body here that this body's role in this community as part of, of the church, Greater Sea, is to be a place where it doesn't matter what your background is, where you've come from, what you've gone through. But this is the place you know you can come and you can be loved and you can experience the power of Jesus Christ. And that we are a church and that we are a body that is willing to step through doors and willing to go places no one else is either willing or capable of going to. I'm excited for what God has begun to do. God's beginning to put the puzzle pieces in place. And when we, we came to this community, God began to give me a, a, a vision for it. And it was one of the, I know I've shared this with some of you before, and 
feel it's not just a, something God gave maybe for me, but for this church. As I was praying, I was like, God, you know, do I really, I don't know if I want to do this pastoring thing. I don't know if I'm equipped, if I'm capable of doing it. And that one night I was asleep, and it's one of those deals where God gives you a dream, and then later on you, you're talking to him, and you realize, oh, that was a little bit more than just a dream. And I'm sitting there, and, in my, and I hadn't yet decided to come to Watertown, and, and uh, in my dream we were looking, because we had been kind of checking out houses, checking out the community, and in my dream, there was, we were walking through this door of a house, and, and it was this long hallway, and at the end of the hallway, there was this room, and this room had two big glass windows that you could look out. As I went to the back, and I looked out, and it was the Grand Canyon. Now, obviously, if you've been around town, we don't have the Grand Canyon here. But I was just, I was just amazed at the, the beauty and the, the, the opportunity that was there. I'm like, God, this is incredible. You know, I, I love adventure, and I love, I love uh, hiking and and climbing, and I'll be able to climb down on this mountain, maybe do some whitewater rafting, and this would be just incredible opportunities. And I blinked, and as I blinked, all of a sudden it, it morphed, and instead of it being a valley, it turned into a mountain. You know, it's kind of similar colors. Uh, we lived in Tunisia for two and a half years, and we got to see part of the Atlas Mountains, just these beautiful North African mountains, and these rocks are just red, and these browns, and these different hues all in the mountains. And I'm looking at them like, oh, this is beautiful. This is, this is what I felt like I had to give up. And look at this. I can now go, I can actually go climbing and I can almost get myself in trouble like I did last time. And, you know, just this amazing opportunity and venture. And what lies on the other side of this mountain? Then I blinked again. And this time, instead of staring at a mountain range, I was staring at a, a single mountain whose base was too wide to see the end of. I saw a mountain that was so large that the base of the mountain disappeared into the clouds. And it was as if God was saying, the things I have planned, you know, the, the pinnacle, the peak, it was almost a sense that there wasn't a pinnacle, there wasn't a peak, and that it was, it was unseen, that it was there. But God was saying, the opportunity is there. The things I want to do will far exceed what you can ever imagine, what you can ever expect. And I'm here to tell you today that God has a a mountain here in this town that he's calling us to go up. And the opportunity is beyond what we can see now. And what God is wanting to do here is going to go beyond these four walls. It's going to go beyond this community. And so I just felt led today to share this vision, to share what I feel God is wanting to do and, and to say, listen to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit and ask him, am I a part of this? Is this what you're calling me to be a part of? Because God's putting together a local body here to pursue this vision, to pursue this mission. And I'd love to sit down with each and every one of you individually over coffee and just share about, talk about, you know, what vision, what dream has God put in you? What bug has God put in your heart that you've yet to see come to fruition and sit down and say, hey, how can we begin to uh, find a way for you to let that loose and begin to pursue what God has for you? I believe God, if we're a part of the body of Christ, each and every one of us have a role to play. And I would love it and I pray that I see a great group of people out here and I pray each and every one of you here are feeling led to, to be a part of this body and to be a functioning, active part of it. And if you're not, that's great. God has a place for us. 
But if you are part of the body of Christ, you have to be a part of something, at least somewhere. And so I would, I would challenge us this morning to, as we see in the early church, there's this excitement, there's this forming together of a body, and they're saying, okay, God, we're coming together and we're seeking you, what's next? And we'll be, as we go on through a few weeks, we're going to be looking a little bit more at, at you know, how to, to minister, how to reach, how do we function with the giftings that God gives us um, to do the work that God has called us to do. But I want to challenge our, our vision a little bit this week. What is your vision? What is your vision for what you want God to do in your life? Maybe I should rephrase it. Not what you want God to do in your life. What do you think God's wanting to do in your life? And sometimes we don't always know the picture. We just have an urge to say, you know what? I, I don't know what it looks like. All I know is I love doing this and I want to do it for Jesus. That's great. Let's start there. We can make it happen. And so I just wanted to share this vision today. As a local church body, we're beginning to move forward and, and there's gaps, there's needs, and we want to really be able to, to be a whole, functioning, healthy body and be able to do what God is calling us to do to reach this community and also be a support and to be an encouragement to the other churches in this community. And so I, I, I challenge everyone here this morning just to pray. Say, God, what are you calling me to do? What am I to do? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you that you've given us your word, that we, we see this forming of so many different people from so many different walks of life. And Lord, as we will study and we read on in your word, it wasn't easy, it wasn't perfect, but that, Lord, as they submitted to you, you did amazing things. So, Father, I pray for us this morning that each and every heart as an individual would be fully submitted to you, Father. That we would no longer just see ourselves aimlessly wandering through this life, but that we would see that you have a purpose and a plan for each and one of our lives, and that you have a purpose and a plan for your church, and you have a purpose and a plan for this local body and for this local church, and that you have a plan for this community and the surrounding areas, and that you've called us to be a part of that. Lord, I just pray that you would work within us, that you would just spark your holy fire within us, Lord, that we would desire you, that we desire to see you transform this community. We desire to see you transform this state, this nation, and that your word and your power would go out to the ends of the earth. Lord, we ask this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.